Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. The best podcast for anyone with in-depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On this special, we have our year-end awards featuring the usual suspects. Aaron Hughes, Doug Hahn, Roger Cave, and Andrew Hughes. So, Aaron, let's get into how our awards work. Yeah, so we're going to go uh, kind of roundtable. We're going to talk about uh, each of our awards at the very end. We're going to talk about the uh, woman of the year, uh, best tag team, and wrestler of the year. And that we have our own individual, but we also do kind of a Heisman style where we vote for them. So we're going to give you the official off the mark, uh, you know, person of the year for each of those categories. But our first one is newcomer of the year. And as uh, we like to do, we like to explain how this is uh, tallied. It is not necessarily a newcomer, the person who just stepped foot in a wrestling ring for the first time this year. It's a person that we you know, learned about. So for a good example, a couple of years ago, uh, Roger had picked Eddie Kingston as his newcomer of the year, a 20-year veteran. But he was in the Indies. He never saw them anywhere else except for an AEW, and he made an impact. He really did and, and was, was fantastic there. So uh, in a similar fashion, the person I'm picking has been wrestling for about four years now. He was on Impact TV for the last two years. Uh, most recently, uh, he has joined the Bullet Club, and Doug and I had a chance to see them when we went and we saw the NJPW show um, here in the Chicago area. And so my newcomer of the year is Chris Bay, who if you haven't had a chance to see him – Fantastic, great high flyer, ton of charisma, um, and his match that he had when he was with the Bullet Club teaming with them uh, was absolutely fantastic. So that's my newcomer of the year. I'm a hooker. I know he debuted technically last year. Um, he It was December, though, of 2021 when he debuted for AEW. But I, I am absolutely impressed with Hook. Uh, I think he's got a great charisma about him. I think he's got a great... Uh, look and feel about him. He has been dominant in his matches all year. Uh, truly hasn't been tested, but I'm I'm excited to see what he can do, and I can't get, wait to get the shirt that says I'm a hooker. I feel like there's no way to top that. Um, I had to do this a little bit different because I kind of went more breakout superstar of the year. I'm not sure that this person necessarily debuted, but I feel like this was the year in which he kind of came into his own, and I went with the Dragon Slayer. Uh, Danny Garcia really kind of solidified himself as a future player of AEW this year. Yuta Wheeler was kind of my runner up. He was fantastic. Like I think both of them really elevated themselves, but I think Garcia has that potential to be one of those kind of next great heels. You just want to punch in the face, but he's fantastic in the ring. So uh, Daniel Garcia all day for me. All right. I went a different route because um, I was actually impressed. I, I do think uh, I had a tie. Um, so I actually went with Logan Paul of all people as much as I did not want to. He actually did a very good job. Um, Solos uh, was probably my uh, probably my wrestler uh, newcomer, but surprisingly, Logan Paul actually did good. Um, and thanks to the Miz, he was my number two choice. Logan Paul was. Yeah, I, I actually thought more people were going to pick him. To be honest, I didn't want to. I still I, I like Garcia pick. I, I do like that one uh, as much as I don't. I don't know. Like I just to me, it doesn't do it. But like watch, but he can go in the ring so. But yeah, um, I I didn't pick Logan Paul for the same reason I don't pick some people. I have a minimum 
requirement for any award. And if you wrestle three times a year, that does not qualify for it. Sorry. And Logan Paul is fine in his three appearances, but I think he wrestled three times this year. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and the Saudi show. Yep. Sorry. You got to be a little bit more dedicated than three shows a year. You're not Brock Lesnar, so <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> All right. So, hey, let's talk about our uh, the video of the year. Uh, videos, it could be anywhere from a documentary, a series. It could be just about anything uh, that uh, showcases wrestling. Um, I went again this year with the Dark Side uh, videos. I think they're. I think that series is phenomenal. I just can't believe that WWE has not jumped on board. I know it's like a bad thing that it could make them look negative, but... You would think that they would allow certain people to be on that, but that's I, I really every time those things come out, I I love watching them. So uh, Roger, what do you have for your uh, um, video of the year? Well, if I were allowed to pick future videos, I would just say the rise and fall of CM Punk. However, I don't think I'm allowed to pick things that haven't been created yet. So I just did this as best show. Um, to me, the show that stood out the most was Revolution. That show was fantastic. That was, in my opinion, peak AEW this year. Um, it was a fantastic show, top to bottom. Love the matches, love the card. Dark Side of the Ring is really good. I will say this. It's nothing that we haven't really seen all different from before. There were some real-life consequences for it. I think the Flair documentary, that episode was this year and, and cost him some opportunities in AEW. Um, and I think that also may have hurt Tommy Dreamer. I think he lost his deal with Impact because he supported Flair on that one. So certainly had a significant impact. But uh, Dark Side of the Ring – it's kind of an ongoing way. I think the quality is still really good. I understand why WWE doesn't associate with it because it does make them look bad. The plane fight, uh, plane flight from hell was not their finest moment. Um, but definitely I think revolution was really good. Also, um, just to say, to talk about the quality of WWE under Hunter, I had extreme rules and survivor series as top three shows. And that's all under Hunter's reign. So I think he's done a great job turning around so far. Um, if I was to pick a show, I would go with Forbidden Door, just in the aspects that the everything that has to go through, everything that happens uh, for two companies to come together and have a pay per view. Uh, I thought it was a good show, uh, and and for the the emphasis of that, what it could mean and and bring to the future, I thought was uh, amazing. But my true best video of the year is got to be the All Out post conference. <laughs> Are you talking about brawl out or the gripe bomb? Just the, I mean, the CM Punk just goes in there and I mean, if it was amazing for me because as I saw the show live and then I had a two and a half hour drive home. So I had nothing better to do than to put that on my, my phone and listen to it on my way home. And it wasn't just the CM Punk, but then when Swerve uh, came out I thought that was his breakout moment was that post-conference. I thought there was a lot of good uh, things to come out of the post-conference, Not, but uh, but even big moments to also come out of that video was the CM Punk, obviously, is the biggest one. Um, but it was it was a great post-conference in general, so uh, that, that uh, gets my video of the year. Yeah, so for me, uh, you know, part of it, there, there's bias because, you know, when you're at an event, there's a little bit more energy there. Uh, you feed off the crowd a little bit more. And so I think Revolution probably was a better show. But All Out 2022, uh, being there live, you know, is there with Doug, you know, feeling the energy of the crowd when the acclaimed was wrestling Swerve in Our Glory. And they really wanted them to get the title. Like it was a, like, oh, we, we need this. Um, and there were a number of other matches, too, that were that way. Uh, so for me, the all out 2022 was, was my favorite video of the year. 
And then if you add on to it, you know, kind of that addendum, the press conference was pretty entertaining, too. All right. So this is my favorite one. Fallen wrestler of the year. I'm going to start this off because I think he's the fallen superstar of the year. So CM Punk, Doug. Sweep it. Aaron. That's who I had, too. So, I mean, Roger. Fallen superstar of the year. Fallen superstar of the decade. Fallen superstar of... Honestly, I would say post-2007, he is the fallen superstar since He Who Shall Not Be Named. And it probably won't be topped for quite some time. Ooh, that's low. <laughs> that's low. I mean, obviously, he did nothing nearly as bad. But as far as if you go, if you take that out, I don't know that someone who went from an indie darling who the internet absolutely adored. I mean, people talked about his return for seven plus years to basically get out and don't come back. And this happened in a year. That is unprecedented. That is Velveteen Dream levels of highest peaks to the lowest lows. I wa- just real quick, I, I want to say uh, this is going to probably be the first time I'm, I was just looking at our past awards, Andy. And Sam Punk was our wrestler of the year two years in a row. And now he's our fallen from grace. And I mean, it might be even next year, too. Who knows? Uh, that's true. Bad I, I hope for positivity. I really hope that they can he can at least come back and like, you know, finish a couple of things and go from there. But oh, well, so uh, underrated uh, superstar of the year. Uh, I'm going to Roger. Uh, I got to guess uh, who is your underrated superstar of the year? This one was tough for me because I have a lot um, who I feel who are underrated and underutilized. I even had an entire division on there, but they've kind of picked up lately enough. So they're going to lose this top spot. Um, this one came down to where I thought you were and then where you are now. The best TNT run ever in AEW has been Miro. I have no idea what he has done in 2022. It feels like he hasn't been around. It feels like he hasn't been relevant. I know he came back for that quick feud with um, the House of Black. But other than that, I miss me some Miro. So he is my underrated, underutilized superstar of the year. And I hope 2023 is much closer to before than it is now. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Miro was somebody that... I really feel they can do a lot more with than what they're currently doing. He was a big castaway from WWE. And in my opinion, I'm not saying he should be there every week, but like once a month. I mean, even if you're going to have him in squash matches where he is saying, like, I'm being held back, or I'm being held down. Look at all these people I'm destroying. And then you could have a build up to something. But I don't know his last match. I think it was something with House of Black, but like, I don't know. It was it was all out House of Black. Uh and he teamed with Darby and Sting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was uh, when Alistair went away or uh, um, what's his face went away for a little while. Malachi. Malachi, Malachi Black. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I, I have to agree with that. Just the fact that he had probably what the best TNT title run uh, since Cody. And then it, it, it just to do nothing all year and not necessarily be injured or anything like that. Just on the back burner of what do we do with him? And it's a shame because I think the guy has a great talent and a great charisma about him that he should be utilized a lot more. Okay. So don't do it. I can't don't do it. I can't wait. Is the streak, is the streak over? The streak's over. The streak is over. Yeah. Miz is is not the most underrated superstar. I'm just going to say it now. It's Logan Paul, isn't it? Nope. We're listening to history. Nope. It's not. You're getting closer, but um, this guy, he, he, if it wasn't for him, I guarantee you probably the top feud in wrestling or top, yeah, probably a top feud going on right now would be, I would be bored out of my mind. 
And he's the only saving grace for that. And he is the former, formerly known as El Generico, Sami Zayn. Because if it wasn't for him... Do you think him, he's underutilized, though? I don't Underrated. think they appreciate him. I, I think that he's there for comic relief. But realistically, the bloodline... I, I Once he got started going into that, that made it interesting to me. Because he was ma- he was like kind of making fun of him, but also like, hey, what about me? And like it was annoying, and then it was funny, and then when he started breaking them, I I mean, like I guess to me that that I wanted to watch wrestling because of that. I was like, oh, Sam is on. All right, I got to watch this for a minute. All right, and when I saw him do the Usi thing, I almost pissed. I almost peed my pants. I was laughing that hard, and my wife thought I was gonna pass out. I had to stop it, rewind, and watch it again. I still did the same thing. Because watching them break. But as hard as I laughed at Ric Flair at the, the oh, award ceremony, oh, yeah. all the thing, oh, yeah. that level? Oh, yeah. Because I wasn't expecting it. I was just, I wasn't even, I was kind of paying attention. I was like, this is cool, this is cool. And then when he said the Usi thing, and you see which one, Jay or whatever in the background turn his head, I, I could stop laughing. And see, Solo just like, you know, Solo wanted to laugh, and he's like, mm. he's like, I'm not going to break. <laughs> but Jay's over there corpsing. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's why I got to say, no, Miz did a couple of things, but uh, he's been a background player. So kudos to him. But my I want to talk about my OMG moment of the year. Um, it, it, there's it's actually a show because of some things that happen, especially at the beginning of it. And also, of course, the very end. And to me, that the thing that happened at the very end was the most was the most shocking thing to me. And that was when Lesnar decided to lift the ring up. And Roman tumbles, which was hilarious. But something that happened in there, and I don't, I think you guys saw, I think Doug might have pointed out when, uh, was it Lesnar threw the mic and Roman didn't move his hand? You just have to open it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, whoa, <laughs> like that, that as well. And seeing, of course, uh, some, re- some returns, and you're like, okay, Triple H knows what he's doing. So that's my OMG of the moment, uh, uh, moment of the year. So, Doug, what is yours? I, I don't understand how this isn't being swept. Vince retires. I it, he stepped know, away is, from wrestling. Yeah, and, I have it. In a different he category. didn't die. Yeah. He stepped away. I have it as a different category. I have a different. Uh, as- correct. If I if if I wanted, to I have it as both. So, <laughs> as, yeah, yeah, and that's totally fine. I mean, like that is pretty big. I, I still, news. I mean, to to even reiterate it right now, I still cannot believe that we're talking about a Triple H era in WWE, not Vince McMahon. Oh, it, I agree. It's certainly the OMG moment. I just didn't want to have. It's the same thing with like the CM Punk thing. I could have put the CM Punk thing mm-hmm. into things, and I didn't want to do that. So I kind of just forced things to be limited to one category. But I don't disagree at all that. If we did a did when we do the decades of war, it'll be in that discussion mm-hmm. for sure. As far as moments of the decade, uh, Roger. So, what is yours? Well, Andy, you were right on track. My second place was Brock Lesnar using a tractor because that was wild. I mean, truly, that was just insane to see. Um, but my number one, and I'm surprised no one else has said this, but I was there when this man retired. It was in Seattle, and he was done. He never wrestled again. He's the biggest name of the 1990s. He is the personification of the Attitude Era. And for the first time since WrestleMania 19, Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled. Mm-hmm. That was wild, and it was cool to see, and he got to do it in Texas. And he main evented WrestleMania against Kevin Owens. You told me that 10 years ago. That sounds stupid, and yet it happened. So that, to me, ignoring 
the Vince thing, ignoring the punk thing, which obviously are all big moments on their own. Stone Cold being back in the wrestling ring and being able to wrestle was a pretty big moment. And it was it was an awesome throwback to the attitude there. It was great. It was, it was awesome. I was happy to see it. A positive OMG, shall we say. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, he didn't just go do a stunner. He won the match, you know, like we mm-hmm. saw with Rock versus uh, Eric Redbeard. You know, it was an actual wrestling match where he took bumps. So uh, and then he came back and wrestled the next night. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you know, he had, he had a match with Vince, so you know. Or I guess he it wasn't also. Match, uh, he took a suplex on like the outside on, too. Yeah, on contact, like a, a, a strong bump. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was it? I think he took fourteen bumps and two, and two were harder than one was really bad. And I think that would probably been the suplex the one then. But yeah, yeah. It, but but still going through and like you know being you know we don't know how how you know he wasn't he looked pretty good but you could tell he was winded and he still went through it, finished it. Yeah, that's it. That is it's a good one. Yeah, and I, I will say I remember listening to his podcast when he used to do it, and after we saw him in 2016 when he stunned the New Day, uh, he had said that he had to go to the doctor after giving a stunner because he had hurt himself, and it's like. He wrestled a match. So, like, I mean, he gave a stunner in 2016. This is six years after the fact, and he's putting on an actual wrestling match. Kind of crazy. But obviously he he was prepared for, I guess, or more prepared. So uh, not to belabor the point, but Andy, I agree with you to me. Lesnar lifting up uh, the ring with the tractor. That was crazy to see and, you know, did not expect to see something like that. All right. Biggest disappointment. CM Punk for me. What do you got, AP? So I went with a wrestling show. And it was the Royal Rumble. I think that of all the pay-per-views that you see every year, WrestleMania should be one of your top ones you want to see. I think All Out should be. The Royal Rumble for me was terrible. It was one of the worst Royal Rumbles I've seen ever. So to me, that was my biggest disappointment this year. Royal Rumble was a massive disappointment. And I had that as my number one all the way up until Labor Day. And then CM Punk happened. Um, His championship reigns are gender mahal level bad not because he has the talent of a gender mahal but because they absolutely killed the momentum of aw and busted up what should have been a very fun year for aw and instead he ended the hangman reign and then got injured three days later and then he ended moxley's reign and then lost his freaking mind and had his gripe bomb and we just basically had to pretend like that never happened that by far is the biggest disappointment this year of watching cm punk basically self-destruct like he's the ultimate warrior um, behind that. I had Royal rumble 22 as my runner up AEW backstage, man, man. I remember that WCW game and I'm AEW needs to not try to copy that nonsense. That was ridiculous. <laughs> um, I actually, and it's, it's surprising me that Doug had forbidden door as his best show. Cause I had as one of my biggest disappointments. I was the injuries, the matchups that we wanted to see. It felt like it never happened. Not that there weren't some good matchups, but it was just not what I expected to see between a crossover show and then ring of honor, not getting a TV deal, man, that's got to happen sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, those four all disappointments, punks championship reigns, much bigger disappointment. I also had CM punks title runs as my biggest disappointment. All right. So I think we got the next one. Industry news, Vince. I think it's probably a sweep. Correct. But Andy, what's your biggest disappointment? I said CM Punk. Uh, yeah, CM Punk. Yeah, Royal Rumble this year I thought sucked. Um, but yeah, with the whole th- thing with CM Punk just left a bad taste in my mouth and it kind of like tainted like some of the stuff he's done. So, but anyways, yeah, industry news, uh, Vince. So Vince, uh, the whole thing. So Roger, what are your thoughts of Vince? This is the industry news of the year. 
of the decade. I think, and I had this discussion before, if you said, what's the industry news between 2000 and now, there are only two. And it is WCW is bought out by Vince and Vince steps down. That's it. That's the news. You know, I, I don't know if we could really talk about, I mean, Vince has done some good things, but I, I think after when it's all said and done, I mean, it's Vince. I yeah, hope I mean, he doesn't like, come he, back. he made his mark on wrestling. Like, you know, without Vince, you know, who knows where we would be, but you know, him leaving and that was not on his own accord, you know, him being mm-hmm. forced out the way that he was, that's gigantic. And you know, who knows? I mean, I'm not saying he's going to come back anytime soon, but you know, there's a chance that he might, they could do a Vince tribute show or something like that. You know, who knows? But he, we might not, might not have seen the last of him. If we do, then that's obviously even you know bigger news, but I mean, this will never be topped. You know, I think that in the early 2000s, WCW and ECW getting bought was like definitely in decade. You know, that was probably the biggest news. I think this is probably the biggest news since then. I mean, there's obviously been big news since then, but this is like the, the biggest news in my opinion. So, uh, that happened. Let's talk about the worst feud. I think I got the best one. So I hope, I don't know. I think I got the best one. All right. So I picked, um, I picked Baron Corbin versus Madcap Moss. I thought it was the dumbest feud ever. So, so Doug, what's your worst feud of, of the year? I've got CM Punk versus the press. I mean, in fairness, on a similar note, I have CM Punk versus professionalism. So <laughs> not really. And I know it sounds like I'm always just dumping on Punk. I also had the elite versus professionalism as my runner up. So <laughs> not a banner year for AEW and professionalism. I'll say that. And I think Andrade, Sammy Guevara himself is a category. Of uh, that's, that, was, that was my second one was Sammy Guevara versus backstage. Sammy Guevara versus getting backhanded. And then it's just like, I mean, honestly, I could just say AEW backstage mayhem and probably call it a day, but yeah, the, the lack of professionalism to me was the, and I and I think it hurt AEW notably. Like for yes. the most part, I don't really care what happens behind the cameras, but it was very clear that their backstage issues spilled on screen, and that's a problem. And for a company that is as good as they are, they, you know, I hate to say it, this nonsense just really wouldn't happen with Vince and mm-hmm. and Tony Khan needs to step it up and not allow that crap to happen anymore. Oh, yeah, uh, CM Punk versus Colt Cabana. I mean, it, it all goes together. Uh, that wasn't a feud. That was a squash. He <laughs> Colt Cabana for no reason. He destroyed him in that press conference. He did. I mean, like, I know he had a gripe, but like the whole thing with his mom being on his checking account. Yeah. I, I'll tell you something, because I've had to deal with this recently. You want to make sure that your name is on. If it's your parents, just have your name on it. And mm-hmm. because and, and also with Colt, because if he died in the ring, because he has a dangerous job. Um, they would have to fight forever for that money. And then you get taxed upon it. Ugh. So that's why, like, with, like, what I had to deal with, uh, we just did, uh, we just had to deal with that. So, um, and if it wasn't for the fact that my relative was on there already, we'd have been screwed. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, CM Punk. Yeah. Anyways, CM Punk. So CM Punk for professionalism backstage. So, and Cole so Andy, what are you saying is it's, it's CM Punk versus anyone or no, I'm uh, all right. CM Punk versus anyone. Okay. Oh, so CM Punk, by the way, I just want to point out CM Punk is sweeping the awards this year. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, so let's talk about the best feud, you know, Aaron, I got to hear what is your best feud this year? 
So I, I'm going to go. I'm going to say that I think FTR and Briscoe's feud was probably the best one of the year that I had witnessed. But I didn't think it was that good. I mean, some of the other ones that we looked at, uh, you know, just looking back in time, Bailey and Sasha, Colin Gargano, Gargano and Ciampa. Those were really great. They lasted the entire year and they had multiple things that were going along with it. Whereas like the Briscoes and FTR, the downside was you didn't really have a whole lot of in ring. Like we're doing a six man tag or we're having a, um, you know, verbal jab at each other. It was a like, Hey, guess what? This, this Saturday, we're going to have a match. It's going to be a double dog collar match out of nowhere. It's like, what? Okay. I guess that's going to be that, um, you know, and, and they had great matches. Of course the matches were fantastic, but I just didn't think it was that good in the same way. Some of the other feuds we've had are, so I'm giving it to him, but it's begrudgingly, I guess. Uh, ultimately that is my, uh, feud of the year, but in a close second, I've got Sammy Zayn versus Jay Uso. I think the the I mean the matches itself of FTR versus the Briscoes were really great. The problem I think that Aaron is trying to hint at is because they weren't wanted on TV, you couldn't have them in AEW to really set up the matches uh, properly. So while the three matches were excellent and top, you know, matches of the year's quality. Uh, the the setup to them was was lackluster. Yeah, as far as a series of matches, I don't know that someone has had a better trilogy than those three. Maybe in a calendar year, I mean, you probably could go back to Flair Steamboat or somebody like that. Um, but to me, if you look at feud as also storyline, I think it's the bloodline and Sammy proving himself is the premier storyline of the year. Sammy basically trying to integrate himself with the bloodline and it culminating at survivor series where he finally does get acknowledged and is, is treated as one of the family. And even Jay Uso goes from not trusting him to giving him a hug. I mean, it felt perfect. It felt like a good storyline, a conclusion. It was satisfying. That's the storyline to me. I don't think there was a classic Gargano versus Ciampa, Bailey versus Sasha. That you know that wasn't that kind of epic. You know, oh, this is the all-time feud. But that storyline to me is the best storyline of 2022. Will it stack up? You know, if we look back in 10 years, probably not. But it was a good storyline, and I enjoyed it. I think it's the one for this year. I'll agree with you on that too. I, I actually picked the bloodline the same as Zane because it's just uh, there's I can't say enough good things about that. So. All right, so Aaron, are we going to talk about match of the year, or are we going to do our awards for the uh, Heisman? Yeah, you know, let's do match of the year, and then we'll uh, we'll go through our individual, and then we'll go go Heisman. So, right. so um, my match of the year, I'll just uh, knock it right out right now. Uh, it was Briscoe's FTR, but it was the first one. I think that because with, you know the second one, we knew what we got in the first one. The third one was double dog collar. Honestly, I didn't really care for it too much. I just thought it was okay, and there were bumps in there. Granted, they were crazy, and like it was you know, full of match. I understand, but I just thought the first one was a little bit more special. Uh, so Briscoe's FTR one was my match of the year. Uh, I really liked all three of the matches there, but my, my overall number one has got to be Osprey versus Okada at the G one climax. Um, they started off the year with a wrestle kingdom, just a, a phenomenal match. And then you, you wouldn't think that doing two of them in the same year, especially if you're in new Japan, uh, would work well for them, but it it was just absolutely great um, and and astounding and everything that you would expect in a match uh, from two top quality wrestlers. Because uh, if you haven't seen it, especially with it being New Japan, uh, please go watch it by any means. Find that match 
and truly enjoy what uh, one of the small things uh, that was uh, you know, Osprey versus Okada. I mean, it, 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 it's it's unfortunate that it's just been seen in you know basically the Japan area unless you you go out and find it. So I I can't wait for anything that is Will Osprey, but you throw in Okada, it it's going to be an instant classic. Yeah, I mean, Okada Osprey certainly delivered uh, nothing against that match. Fantastic match. Osprey, you know, if you look at Meltzer's top 10, his name is on there a lot. Um, I did not love a lot of the singles matches this year, to be quite honest. I think this was a down years for singles wrestling. Probably my favorite. I'm not necessarily saying it is the best, but my favorite singles match was Sheamus and Gunther Walter mm-hmm. at Clash. That was just a classic old school you know, you watched that match and you felt like you needed to take an ice bath and it was perfect. It was, it was exactly the way you want to see it done. Reminded me of classic NXT where sometimes you just tell a story of two guys want to go in there and just beat the crap out of each other. But if you look at tag team wrestling, my goodness, this year is just absolutely loaded. And I agree with Aaron FTR versus the Briscoes. Number one, that was the one that set the bar. I don't think it was topped. It reminds me of Gargano versus Ciampa, in which they had two later matches that were still good, but not as good as the first one. This was the match of the year. The one that I think came close FTR versus the bucks too. That match was so good. I think it gets forgotten because it was on Dynamite, but boy, they had the match on Dynamite that I wanted them to have on pay-per-view the first time. That was the match that we had waited to see those two teams really put on. Um, And then kind of my third one, absolutely the triple threat, Swerve, Bucks, and Team Taz. That match was good. I mean, it was chaotic. It was fun. One of the rare times I got shocked by a victor because I had the Bucks winning all day. I would have put a thousand on it. Great match. Just Tag team wrestling was just on fire this year. This is definitely a renaissance. Yeah, and I got I will have to, so I actually narrowed it down. I have a tag and I also had a singles because I wasn't sure what to pick. Of course, tag, I think that was obvious. But uh, for singles, this is the one that I was more impressed with just because of what he was hurt. Uh, that's just Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. Cody and Hell and Cell. I mean, that he he didn't need to do that. At the end of the day, he really didn't need to, but holy crap, he still put on a decent, just think if he wasn't hurt at that point. So that was my match of the year. All right. So let's talk about the women of the year. We, um, Aaron, uh, so this was an interesting one because we all had different picks, uh, but we, but you mentioned something about, uh, something unique about the, the first time this year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is, I think the very first time that we've ever had a full sweep of a category where Bianca Belair is our unanimous woman of the year. So everybody had Bianca as their number one overall, uh, woman of the year and a very distant second. We had Becky Lynch with 26 points. Britt Baker was 23. Jade Cargill was 21. So, and then there are a few others that kind of rounded out that list, but, uh, yeah, Bianca Belair, uh, above and beyond was the, the woman of the year. Yeah. I have, I have nothing. I have no complaints about that. I thought she had, she had the year she should have had last year. So this to me is them making up for basically screwing things up. So she said, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I really got nothing bad. It would have been nice if, you know, if uh, Street Profits had a set tag titles, though. Uh, Andy took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, she had the year that she should have had last year, this year. And she was one of the few who was consistent all year long. I think she deserves this 40 sweep. I, I just echo everything. For a lot of the, the people in voting this year, they had good moments throughout the year. But she had an all-around good year. Uh, great for her. She's a wonderful talent. Can't wait to see what she does in the future. 
All right. So now, of course, we had we haven't talked about uh, tag teams either. So, gosh, what Aaron? What are the tag teams? The top ones. Well, so um, I'll, I'll stay with the Heisman one is, and uh, there is somebody that has a different pick for their number one though. But FTR was uh, they are our tag team of the year because they uh, had received 34 out of 40 points uh, in a very close second. The Usos with 33, the acclaimed with 30 Briscoe's with 26 young bucks also with 26. Um, the acclaimed it's funny. I uh, similar to what Roger had said the previous year was kind of doing these, uh, you know, throughout the year. And the acclaimed were somebody that I just, I was very high on all year. And I want to say they were, um, they were in my top three or four, um, for me. And obviously at the end of the year, they came on very strong winning the tag titles, but they've just been over all year and they've been very consistent. So, you know, big shout out to them. And obviously the Usos were, were great, but FTR, I think they put on an absolutely amazing clinic of a year. And, you know, I will say I FTR surprisingly, once they left, I mean, I still remember when we saw them at Royal Rumble and they're like, Hey, W what's that? But uh, um, with, with, with them, they they've actually changed. Uh, I, I think they've actually helped t- make tag team wrestling better. Um, I really have no, no complaints about anything they've done. I'd like to see them, you know, actually be everywhere. Um, and I think they should. I wish they would sign like short term contracts, throw them in WWE, NXT, you know. But yeah, FTR. Definitely. But Andy, you, you didn't like them enough to put them as your number one. You no. put Street Profits. Street Profits is my favorite tag team, and I think that they had a great year this year. I see nothing but sky's the limit, and I don't think there's a Genetti in there. Yeah, no, but I let me you ask you this Michaels. though, Andy. So FTR, they, they they were pretty low on yours. They were was that number six? Yeah, I was, seven, to, you know, I was so, trying to cheat the like, system and put Street Profits higher up than FTR, but yeah. Okay, there we go. I was <laughs> that, like, there's no logical way why. that FTR was really I'm, six. That makes more sense now. Yeah, I'm playing the I system. See. I <laughs> see. Okay. <laughs> so it really should have been another unanimous decision. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you don't yeah. if, throw, let's say Street Profits are doing it. All right. Yes. They are. Then, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I had the Street Profits on my list. I just, FTR had a, um, historic year in my opinion like if we talk about tag team years of the decade you like the other competition would be the young bucks when they broke out in ftr and nxt i don't know that anybody else i would probably think of in the last 10 years who's had that good of a year within a tag team i mean what are they they're the ring of honor champions they're the new japan wrestling champions they should be i mean i i, I love the acclaimed and everything that they've done it's just unfortunate i think for they sh- FTR should be the AEW tag team champions, and just I mean they truly are doing the uh, the belt collector thing that unfortunately Kenny Omega didn't get to to have. So, so yeah, so for tag teams, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Aaron, do you, do you have anything that do you think that that dog collar match was what really did it? No, I think that, that there were so many other matches they had throughout the year, and just being so consistent and being so good. Uh, to me, FTR, like, you know, they, I think that it should be a runaway. Obviously, Andy thinks different. I was actually surprised that Usos were as close. I'm not saying that they didn't have as good of a year, but I felt like Usos, many people could make a, you know, say like, hey, they were the second best tag team. And others could say like, hey, they were fourth. So I expected to see them a little bit lower on our list, but they ended up being uh, number two and only by one point. But the wrestler of the year, the male wrestler of the year, uh, kind of, sh- I don't know, maybe a little surprised, maybe not, but uh, John Moxley, he won with 37 votes and 
just to kind of take a look at that, I had them as my number two, um, and only one person had them as their number one overall, and that was you, Andy. So what made you think Moxley was the the best wrestler of the year? I think he he did a great job. I mean, especially what was thrown at him and what he had to work with. Um, I think he's he he makes me want to watch him, and that's I guess that's another that's the thing that really brings me in. Plus, just in the ring, I think he's just solid. You don't really see too many mess ups. You don't see him on botchamania except maybe here and there. I just look at some guys and that's botch, botch, botch city, and he's like very solid in the ring and. Just overall, I think I, I'm really I, I couldn't I I couldn't put Roman as number one, even though you might want to you say he is, but that, yeah, it was tough because I because I wanted to put I even wanted to throw Darby in there, but he wasn't a wrestler of the year, but I wanted to just put his name in there. Um overall though, I mean if you had to go against, you know, MJF, Reigns, Osprey, I I mean I would have to pick Moxley. So But yeah, uh, so Roger, what did you think about what, who did you pick for number one? And uh... Well, I had Roman Reigns. Um, he became the character that WWE wanted him to be when they pushed him initially. He, he finally kind of figured it out, right? This, this travel tree gimmick is perfect for him. He's done a fantastic job of being that in-game boss. His match with Seth Rollins is one of my favorite matches of the year. And a year that I didn't like a lot of singles matches, that kind of mini shield feud was great. That match was fantastic. I loved his match with Lesnar at SummerSlam. I don't love when those two wrestle, but the first time they wrestled and the last time they wrestled were fantastic. Moxie was my number two, so I have no problem with you know him winning it because he basically had to step in, I think, twice. He had to step in twice when Punk dropped the ball, and he came in and had a really good run. He was fantastic. The only thing that I would question is how on earth did MJF get second, third, and third when he basically wasn't around for half the year? That's the one that shocks me the most. I love MJF. I, if we did our draft, I would pick MJF for my first pick. But he did not wrestle nearly enough qualifying matches, in my opinion, to be even in this discussion. He's probably got, what, 15 matches this year at most? He just was not around enough, in my opinion. I think I might have screwed that up because I put him number two. But still, I well, thought I, I was still entertained. I thought he was he did a great job overall. But yeah, I see. Well, kind of funny. Kind of funny for Doug and I, uh, we had both had Moxley as number two and MJF as number three, and we had Jericho as our, our uh, second to last one. So very similar thoughts there. I think for me, the, the reason why is because, you know, it's kind of like how you look at it, because I also picked Roman Reigns. And when I when I'm doing like my wrestler of the year, obviously, like the majority of it is like who I thought made the biggest impact. Part of it is obviously going to be like, who did I enjoy seeing? And then there's a small part to me that's kayfabe. It's like, you know, for me, the reason I picked Roman Reigns is because he was the dominant superstar of the year that year. And, you know, I think that WWE did a really good job showcasing him. So I definitely agree with with uh, Roger. And so for me with uh, MJF, he left, I think it was what, June, I want to say. And then he came back in August. Is that correct? He left a double or nothing, which I think is in May. Well, end of May. Yeah. So he left end of yeah, May. Memorial Day. Yeah. Yeah. And then came back at the end of August, early September. Right. So he was gone for four months. And Labor Day. Yeah. 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 So like to me, you know, I know for Roger, it's a I want to see consistency throughout the year. Totally get that. And the way that I, you know, go about mine is who made a really big impact, who had great matches. His feud with CM Punk was when I did my um, uh, doc for in June, I had that as my feud of the year with CM Punk versus um, uh, MJF. because I thought it was fantastic, you know, and was like, okay, let's see if someone can top that. And obviously, you know, 
we know what happened with CM Punk. So I thought that MJF had a really good year in all of the storylines that he was doing and also in the matches. I thought that he was input in some pretty high-profile situations and, of course, uh, culminated with winning the belt back in November. I refuse to acknowledge Roman Reigns. <laughs> Doug, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. <laughs> the fact that he's number five on my list, I think, is uh, or six on my list is is enough acknowledgement. Uh, the way I do my list, I have Will Ospreay as my number one, and it's because it's who do I want to see in a wrestling match, and there's nobody better, I think, than this year in matches than Will Ospreay. Uh, John Moxley, I think, did a a phenomenal job also in the aspect that he is just. Uh, amazing in in what he did. He stepped up. He became a true leader of AEW. Uh, I have MJF as my number three, and that's mostly again because who's your must see? Who who is your person that he's going to bring? He he does that where he is. He doesn't even have to wrestle, and you just want to see him. You want to see him come out. You want to see him talk. You want and it, the the lack of matches. I think benefits him even more in the aspect that it becomes a must see thing. I think Roman's done that too this year, where a lack of weekly matches has actually helped him to where he is. Like Aaron said, that end game boss. He is that final guy. Uh, he is the one that you have to get to, and he's had a a, a great year. Um, but when it comes to who do I want to see in the ring and who do I want to see and uh, perform and, and just the matches that they've done, it's Will Ospreay all day. All right. And you know, my thing was, I, like, like I said, uh, overall, like we, we all picked different, I think, yeah, we picked everyone different, right? Or Aaron and Roger nope. had Roman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we, we've, yeah, I guess we've only had it a couple of times where we had like, what, a three sweep? For rest of the year, uh, true true sweeps. Uh, Bianca became, I think, our first. Bianca, yeah. If we if we did it in 2019, I know Adam Cole swept when that year he went bananas. Um, I I think that's it though. I think Bianca is the first since we've done the Heisman voting. She's the first to get the full 40. Mm-hmm. I think we've had threes in the past. Certainly, I want to say the Bucks got pretty close. Uh, Lucha Bros and Britt Baker all had 39. Yeah. Uh, so they were just one off. Yeah. And Moxley won it in uh, 2020. So you want to know an interesting point of the people who've been voted the top wrestler. The only person to get a number one vote every single year has been Roman Reigns in 2020. Aaron put Roman as one in 2021. Andy put Roman as one. And in 2022, Aaron and myself put Roman. So he has been the most consistent. And you know what that means more than anything? Acknowledge him, Doug. No. No. Omega Omega got hurt. That's the only reason he is not higher. <laughs> he well, would have been my number one had he not been hurt all year. Well, Omega got hurt, and then he came back, and then he got suspended. <laughs> yeah. I I'm unclear on what their punishment was. That he had to go work been... at Target. He had he had to go get some management classes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh but yeah uh, you know with the awards that we got every year it's actually really impressive on just like how we can you know like especially who we can put in uh for each person because everyone has a different mindset and there's some that you know we are we're pretty much the same on at least uh in our top so but yeah uh so uh it you know uh roger were, were there any awards that surprised you this year um 
Uh, I would say I, I didn't expect MJF to score as high as he did just because of the fact that uh, he was gone in that contract dispute for so long. Um, I think most of the award, I mean, this was, I don't want to say a historic year for wrestling, but it was a very notable year. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had kind of like what you would call a mega event, right? You know, 2007, I want to say was the very sad murder suicide. Um, 2001 WCW gets absorbed. Uh, AEW created three years ago, right? Like those don't happen all that often. And we kind of had two of those at the same time. I mean, Vince stepping away is an all time moment. And then, Punk self-destructing is an all-time moment. So it felt like those took up most of the awards, and rightfully so. Um, I also think that, you know, we've been pretty negative on WWE for a long time just because of the way things have been. This felt like the first time that we were all universally, I don't want to say negative in the sense of we all think AEW sucks, but we were much more critical of AEW this year than I think we've ever been in the past. And and to be fair, that makes sense, right? Like before they were new new shiny toy with no expectations. Well, now you're the established company. You're expected to be better. And they tripped up this year. Like it wasn't a perfect for multiple reasons, not one person's fault. Um, so I, I'm not surprised. I, I expect good things from them going forward. I actually think this is probably the last year in which AEW kind of has a stranglehold over the awards because I think Hunter – has shown that he is slowly riding that ship over in WWE. And they certainly have the talent to be in this conversation. When you talk about match of the year, when you talk about wrestlers of the year, you know, they certainly could put on the best show of the year because they are a loaded company going in the right direction. So I I think next year's awards are going to be very, very interesting to see, you know, the best matches of the year, the moments of the year, I don't think it's going to be as AEW and NJP heavy as it has been maybe for the past three years because Vince's direction sucked. And Doug, I mean, is there anything that you, you want to kind of recap what you thought about this year? I, I think that this was a very uh, memorable year in the aspect of how many things happened that were just shocking or just uh, amazing. I mean, you, we haven't even talked about the fact that Paige is wrestling again. Um she came back this year and has actually had a match. Uh, that's that's great for her. Uh, I you know, I guess Soraya could be our new newcomer of the year, uh, along with uh, Gunther uh, or, or other names that just appeared all of a sudden. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited for the the future. It is going to be one of those things, like Ryder said, with Triple H now at the at the head. It's there's there's definitely a positive. Uh, I guess, feeling towards uh, WWE and what they're going to be able to do. I'm very much looking forward to the Royal Rumble this year uh, to see what he puts together. And, and you know, next year it, it's, it's, it's going to be an actual competition and I would love for this to become the next, you know, uh, uh, Monday night war kind of type type aspect where it is AEW and, and uh WWE truly going at it to to see who's the number one company in the U.S. And the AP? Yeah, I always love doing the award shows. I think that this is uh, probably my favorite time of the year, or one of them, you know? Uh, Just because to look back to see what has happened over the year, and especially if you, you know, kind of look through, uh, you know, kind of doing the awards partway through to see, like, oh, man, I thought back in June that 
you know, Punk and MJF was going to be fantastic. That was going to be the the bee's knees, and then see what happens. You know, nobody would have uh, expected any of that stuff to happen. I know Roger had mentioned in the chat about you know even Sasha Banks. You know what happened with her. You know that's something that like crazy that that easily could have been you know its own category. Like the top five biggest things that happened this year alone. I know we did, and I absolutely loved it when we had done the top ten worst things WWE has ever done. I mean, we could do that for this year for top 10 wrestling stories of the year, you know, for, for this year alone, I feel, um, you know, and if we do it at the end of the decade, we could probably go back. And I think that this year would be the one that we talk about more than any other one. This would be like probably five of the top 10, I would think came from 2022. So, uh, absolutely love doing these award shows. Absolutely love talking about and reminiscing about the previous year. And I think, as I had said before, you know, this is something that, you know, years from now, I'm going to go back and listen to and be like, wow, that's interesting that we thought that way in 2020. And then look at what's going on right now in 2030 and to think how naive we were about certain things or how crazy that year was compared to even this year. All right. So that's all the time we have for the year. Wait, wait, yep. wait, wait. What do you we have a tradition. We do this every year. And we need to start with Notre Douglas. Tell us who wins the 2023 men's and women's Royal Rumble. Oh, God. Uh, the Royal Rumble this year, there are such good names that possibly could happen. Um, you know who uh, doesn't have a job at DC anymore? The Rock. I very much well could see him winning the Royal Rumble this year. I don't want to see him win the Royal Rumble this year because I think it should go to a true WWE, you know, all year talent. And I think it would be hilarious. I, I said this before. Uh, I don't know if it was on on podcast or not, but uh, my dream Royal Rumble win is Sami Zayn. And the fact that I want to see this where he gets knocked out like be in like maybe the top like six he gets knocked out but rolls underneath and onto the mat and completely like knocked out and then you have somebody who is huge to win or anything like that i uh, you know i don't know who you would want but he finally gets rolled in at the very end like even even if it was jay uso i think that would be even classic if jay uso thinks he wins the match and then all of a sudden, Sammy rolls in at the end, stands up. Jay goes to clothesline him out, and he just falls over because he can't even stand anymore. And Jay tosses himself out of the match. And you have Sammy Zayn win the Royal Rumble and still can't even stand to, to, to acknowledge that he won. And just to have Roman's face and everything like that, I think that would be a great moment. Um, but unfortunately, I still don't see that happening due to the fact that that would mean you'd have to have Roman Reigns versus Jay or uh, Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And I don't see that happening, even though it's a WrestleMania moment, but it, you're going to have the rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So uh, my, my guess is as of right now, the rock. Oh, and the women's. Ooh, women's. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, Doug, give us your women's. Uh, Ooh, that's, that's a lot tougher just because I've not focused on WWE women's wrestling. Uh, in a long time, I, I yeah, it, it's it's a it's an oldie. Did she win last year? It doesn't matter. She wins every year. She's in it. She wins it. No, Ronda Rousey won yeah. last year. Uh, no, I want. Didn't she know, win I, the year before? I think she did. Yeah. We we were kind of talking about this uh, earlier. I want sh- fan pick Shayna Baszler. And what what was what was her previous award that she should have won? 
uh, Women of the Year. I think that was the only other time that we've had uh, a true number one and number two uh, discussion of who was number one, who was number two. And uh, the true number one was uh, Shayna Baszler. Well, no, we had that with Bailey and Sasha, too, because we were split. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had their feud, um, which was fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Right. Uh, Doug, so I'm going to agree with you. I think The Rock, I think a close second would be Cody Rhodes. And then I mm-hmm. would pick um, I would pick Charlotte probably as the uh, the woman to win the Royal Rumble for the women's. Andy. Uh, I'm actually going to say that this is going to lead to a feud with uh, Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes. And I I will. I I'm not sure who's going to win, but it's going to be one of those two. But whatever happens, that's I, it'll be that feud leading up to it. So I'm going to, I will go out and say Cody Rhodes is going to win because triple H, um, love dusty and have Cody in there. He wants, you know, have him take the belt off, but I, I think you'll have Cody actually beat Roman. So, and then for women, I've been trying to figure that one out. If I, if I had to pick one right now, I think Sasha Banks, but because she's because she's she didn't sign with NJPW, she's just doing the one show. She I think she had like a six date agreement, wasn't it? Okay, all right. Well, yeah, she is. I I, I want to say you're correct in the fact that she has multiple dates uh, yeah. agreed upon. Okay, I, if, if I had, it's not a full year back. thing, but it could be just a a spot check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, other, other than that, uh, the only one I could even like, I'm just trying to like reach when I say that. I mean, Ray Ripley, that would be about it. I don't think that's not enough of a reach. She has had a good year, too, in the fact that uh, her uh, Judgment Day run has been elevating her to a point where it's also a nice little you know, drawback. Uh, Triple H really liked her in XT, did a lot of the good things with her there. So I, I could see her rise to the top again also. And she's not like the usuals. Right. That's the best part. <laughs> so um, so Ray Ripley is my choice. I absolutely could see Ray Ripley versus Bianca Belair main eventing WrestleMania mm-hmm. Night 1. That two NXT stable, you know, both big, strong, powerful women look very different than the horse, uh, the typical horsewomen. You know, I think that's a good, good idea, good decision, good feud. So uh, my second choice is Shayna Baszler, but that's mostly just if you want to reestablish Shayna in one night, that's how you do it. You have her come in, choke some people out, win the Rumble. Doug and I, and I think Aaron also said the same thing. I agree that the main event is going to be the rock versus Roman Reigns. Even if I don't like it, I disagree on the winner. I think this is going to be the culminating achievement in Roman Reigns dominance. He is going to enter as the universal undisputed champion, and he is going to win the Royal rumble. And then he's going to challenge the rock to see who is the true head of the family and the table. That's how you get to that WrestleMania match. I've beaten everyone. I've won the rumble. There is no worthy contender. I call out the rock rock responds. You wrestle WrestleMania. Boom. We're there. That's how I think it happens. Roman's one of the few who doesn't have a second yet. So almost everybody in WWE who's like a main eventer gets a second win. Sean had one. Austin had three. Hogan had two. Batista has two. Hunter has two. Orton has two. Lesnar now has two. It seems it's about time for Roman to get his second one. And I think he hasn't won one in 10 years almost. I mean, not since going into WrestleMania 31. So he's probably due. I mean, it's one way to do it. Uh, I guess early prediction. Do you have uh, Do you have Roman main event both nights? One title for one night, one title for the other night. No, I would never break those titles up again. 
the smartest thing they've ever done is to have one undisputed champion. The thing they need to do is unify the women's championship. The mm-hmm. women's, the tag, and the men's should be undisputed champions, and they simply fight on both shows. If you are the best woman in the company, you should be the women's champion. It should be undisputed. Same with men's, same with tag teams. I don't want to see two women's champions. That's dumb to me. Who's better, Ronda Rousey or Bianca Belair? That's dumb that you have two champions at the same level. You have one undisputed champion, and you have an undercard champion. That's fine. Never break those titles up. They might, but there's no need to in my And also, I don't think superstars should be exclusive anymore championships should be exclusive intercontinental championship stays on fox united states championship stays on usa that's how you do it no more of this oh you're raw and you're smackdown and we're gonna do these dumb drafts like i don't think they do bragging rights anymore because hunter isn't an idiot so mm-hmm. he's like we're not gonna do brand supremacy when most of you have been drafted within like the last two months anyway just let the titles be exclusive and that's totally fine so that's the way i would go i think it's roman and i think it's Rhea, and i think you have him he's gonna i could see cody coming back for sure God, I hope that gruesome, disgusting thing is gone. I also hope his injury is healed as well. Um, Seth Rollins, no one mentioned him. I could absolutely see him as a dark Mm -hmm. horse winning the Royal Rumble because he technically isn't finished with Roman. He's one of the few people who has a winning record against Roman Reigns. Their match of the Rumble was really good, and Mm -hmm. he is a golden boy of Triple H. I mean, he has been draped in gold, and Seth versus Roman at WrestleMania is a main event quality match. All right, so that's all the time we have for this special. If you're into the Twitter, you follow the show at AuthorMark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and ending the podcast, and I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And for Doug Hahn, Roger Cave, and Aaron Hughes, I'm Andrew Hughes, and until next time, we'll see you in the ring. Hey, 